Welcome to the Chrome Show, Gigom's weekly podcast about all things Chrome. Uh, Janko Radkes here, and with me, literally with me, right next to me, is Kevin Toffel. Kevin, how's it going? It's going well, and I have to apologize to everybody because if you hear background noise, it's because we're literally at CES right now recording this outside of an event. We're trying to get the show done and share some news uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, unfortunately, the conditions aren't ideal, but we're going to make do. It's authentic. I think that's what <laughs> they call it. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's but it's interesting. We promised a podcast from, P from CES, and we obviously want to make do on our promise. But you also gave me a couple of weeks ago. You said you don't expect a whole lot of Chrome news to come out of this, and uh, you were right. Mostly right. Um, Acer decided to pre-jump CES on Saturday and actually announced their new Chromebook 15. Um, ooh, I, somebody just rang the gong. Um, the thing is, this this laptop, which is very big, I'll talk about what, about it in a second. Um, it's not available yet, and that's because Intel's new chips, the Broadwell chips that we knew were coming, were announced at CES, but the devices aren't really ready uh, to be sold yet, and that's because they got to ramp up for the chip. So it looks like February will be a big month for Chrome potentially, and other laptops and such. Um, even though Acer did pre-announce their device, their Chromebook 15, it is here, and I did get to see it. Let's talk about the actual device first, and then you can also, you went to the Intel press conference, so you can also give us after a little bit of insights maybe on what this means and why this is important for Chromebooks. But so the Acer Chromebook. Okay. The big, big Acer Chromebook. Yeah, we're going to say big a lot because I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's so big. I mean, they had said that it's 4.78 pounds and I didn't weigh it, but boy, oh boy, my arms would get a workout carrying this thing. It's very interesting. Um, it's 15, a 15.6-inch display available in uh, uh, 1366 by 768, which I don't think I would even get because spreading all those pixels across 15.6 inches, it's not going to look good. And then the version that I saw today is a full 1080p display. It was very nice. It was nicer than prior Acer displays I've seen on Chromebooks. Um, decent viewing angles, plenty bright, crisp. So not IPS, but still a good TN panel. Um, the thing is, what makes this device so big is that there's like one inch bezels around the entire screen. It's almost like carrying around a 17 inch laptop. So that's a bit of a downer to me maybe others will not mind I don't know it seems more like a desktop type replacement device that you can occasionally you know carry around with you I wouldn't carry this all day uh, it had the new Intel Core i3 in it I did not get to test the Celeron for those who are curious uh, I did do an octane benchmark came out around 18,100 um, should get well they haven't said how much battery life but we're going to talk about the chips in a bit. My guess is this gets about eight to nine hours of battery life. The Celeron model, which will be cheaper, that I gotta believe is going to get maybe 10 to 12. I'll say even on the high side, 11 to 12. We will see when we get one in our hands. We're already lined up for review units, which is good. Um, you know, I mean, aside from the bigger size uh, and the new chips, it's you know, it's a Chromebook. It's nothing special, nothing majorly different. I thought the build quality was pretty decent. You know, it's Acer. You're going to expect a lot of plastic at this price. But decent keyboard, uh, big speakers. I can't really say how good they are because CES, the show floor is so loud. It's so difficult to hear that. So um, that's kind of just my overall thoughts and, and impressions on that so far. It's kind of interesting that Chromebooks or that manufacturers would even go into these uh, sizes for Chromebooks because it seems 
always the idea of Chrome is kind of like a slim operating system and the first Chromebooks obviously that came out were also rather small and, and mobile and almost just a little bigger than netbooks mm -hmm. to give a comparison uh, and now they have reached this this mega format well yes they have but you know what I think there's a method to the madness here and one of our um, gigaohm readers on, on Google Plus commented on my Acer post and said you know what They've got a Chromebook in the 11-inch size, the 13-inch size, and now the 15-inch size. So there's something for everyone. So I think really that's what it is. It's to, for, for the people who just don't think 13-inch devices are big enough for them, It you know, maybe it's niche, maybe it's not. But uh, I can understand the strategy. It makes sense to me. And also, obviously, it makes sense to show this off at CES because people who don't know CES, everything is really big here. It's in Vegas. You get 110-inch TVs, so why not a 15.7-inch Chromebook? Yeah, I hope we don't get into that, though. I mean, with the TVs every year, it's our TV is one inch bigger than their 108-inch TV. And it's yeah. a big, yeah, I don't want to see that with Chromebooks and see, like, now a 16-inch Chromebook, now an 18-inch Chromebook. I mean, that just that just seems silly to me. And one day they're going to bend, be bendable. Well, actually, I guess you have seen some bendable ones. Oh, already. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not, yeah, not meant to be. They're not yeah. designed to be bendable, but yes, yes. So. Okay, and, and other from other, aside from this device, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's just the first day of the show. Uh, you and I both only had a few hours to go on the actual show floor. Mm -hmm. the, the, the CS, for people who, who just follow this from afar, it starts on Sunday with some preview events, and then Monday, a big press conference. And today, Tuesday, the day we record this, is really the first day where you can see stuff on the show floor. Mm -hmm. And that's going to continue throughout the week. So there may be some other surprises possibly along the line. But it doesn't sound like anybody has announced anything, right? It, it's possible, but I'm going to lean towards probably not. Um, you maybe see one or two, you know, one-off items here that are Chrome or Chrome OS related. But I don't think it'll be a big uh, part of the show, basically because everybody's waiting on that Intel chip cycle. So I let's talk about that then. So you also went to the Intel press conference today, and uh, they had a whole lot of stuff. They, they did. Um, I mean, they're trying to show their relevancy in, in all kinds of different computing environments. Um, you know, I don't want to get too far off the beaten path with Chrome, but they showed robots and they showed autonomous drones and wearable devices and such. Um, so they didn't really talk about their computing chips. I mean, when they did, they talked about the, the Core i7 mostly, which is not found in most Chromebooks. Um, but what they did do is yesterday they announced the new Broadwell architecture chips that will be out and in devices in February. Which is why I said February is probably a much bigger month for Chromebooks. We will see if I'm right, of course. But um, what's interesting about this new architecture, we've talked, I know, on the podcast before about Intel's strategy of tick and talk, where, where in one iteration of chips, they speed up the performance and soup up the, the graphics and such, um, while also shrinking the, the die, so it makes for a smaller chip that uses a little less power. But then the, the talk part, the, the, the next step is... To, um, to really slim down the power envelope even more to get battery life. That's what Broadwell is. It's not going to give you a lot more pa processing power in a Chromebook than the old Haswell processors, but it will give you extra battery life. And as an example, Intel says if you compare uh, an upcoming Broadwell Core i7 device with the same device that ran Haswell i7, you're going to see an extra 1.5 hours of battery life just because of the chip efficiencies. So if you're in interested in new Chromebooks, this is what you can expect. Not a big performance boost, 
but more battery life, which is always good, always good. The, the tricky part is they're a little behind on getting this chip out the door from what I'm hearing, and the next round of chips that will bring more performance isn't that far off, presumably. So, you know, that could lead some people to say, maybe I won't buy a Chromebook just yet. Maybe I'll wait till the next iteration. So for what that is worth, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Into these cycles, how, did other, how do other components fit? Because if you get like richer displays in that may eat more power, do they come when the chips get less power? I mean, uh, more battery life? Or? Um, you know, everything kind of moves in tandem, or at least it should in a perfect world. So, um, you know, I think what you may see is more full HD displays in Chromebooks, not just because it, it should be getting cheaper to produce them, but also because Intel is boosting up the graphics capabilities in their chips. Um, because graphics actually does get a performance boost here in the Broadwell processors. So uh, we'll see. And, that, and in fact, the NVIDIA Tegra K1, um, you know, that's already in a, different, uh, a couple different Chromebooks. And from a graphics perspective, that is powerful enough to easily drive a full HD graphics. So, you know, I think everything moves in tandem, though. I, I, don't, I don't expect any major changes to Chromebooks as a result of what's going on with Intel. Do you, you said uh, yesterday you saw like uh, oh no I try to remember what you told me. <laughs> we've um, been here for three days, we've folks. Been here, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it, it really only started, but for us we're like yeah, I'm already tired. What did I say? I don't even remember what I said I yesterday. I think you you alluded to some hybrid device, which is your favorite. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I did. Um, I was at the ASUS press event. Uh, they did not unveil any new Chromebooks. Uh, they did unveil several new clamshell slash two-in-one hybrid devices. These all run Windows. They will all use the new Intel Broadwell chips. Um, there's also an Intel Core M processor that is really geared towards low power uh, usage, so long battery life. None of these run Chrome, but I would love to see them try this, you know, touchscreen tablet with a docking keyboard. These are the Transformers, if, uh, if you're interested. Transformer Book Chi is the new line, product line. So they're available in various sizes, 8.9 inch, 10, and 12 and a half inch. So. But yeah, I would love to see them try that as a Chrome OS device. All right. Well, I guess that's that's uh, from the from the Chromebook side or uh, Chrome competitors even when mm -hmm. it comes to the Transformers. Um, well, we have some other news coming out of the uh, Chromecast area, which is what I keep talking about. <laughs> Everybody's tired about it already. But uh, let me ask you, Kevin, do you have a Sonos at home? A Sonos? Yeah. I do not. A little, too, be little too pricey. Ah, Would I be interested? Are you giving me one? <laughs> no, I, I don't. Um, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I've actually always been interested in them. I just never got around to buying one. I mean, I, I, I stream music with the Chromecast or other devices right now. Yeah. It's... It, it took me a long time to buy one as well because I also figured standards are still evolving and in hindsight that was the right idea because this week Google announced a new thing or an extension of an existing thing which is Google Cast for audio. So we have talked about Chromecast for a long time. It's sort of a Chrome device because it runs a, a, a slimmed down browser. It's web apps on your TV and uh, interaction, multi-screen interaction. It sends content from apps on your phone or on your tablet to the TV um, and for a long time they also had music apps or you could use Pandora you use Pandora a lot, right? oh yeah quite a bit and they have audio and a bunch of other services there as well and now you can use all these music apps and audio apps and, and podcasting apps 
also on connected speakers because they rolled out Google Cast for audio and they had three uh, launch partners which was uh, LG, Denon and Sony mm -hmm. and it's interesting so Denon has a line of speakers already HEOS, I don't know how you actually pronounce it, I have no idea but, but it's an existing line of connected speakers they've been making them for I think at least a year um, and if you bought one in the past, you can actually get like a firmware update in the coming months and you can upgrade to Google Cast and it's going to just work with all these Chromecast apps only. And LG, I went to the LG booth today and they have a new line of devices um, that they are, they started to show off here. They didn't share a whole lot of details about it yet. No price officially, no release date officially, but I started to poke around. I asked a couple of guys there and what I heard from everybody was it's going to be uh, it's going to be loud apparently yeah <laughs> the coat check area just got really loud that's no, fine yeah uh, but uh, it's going to be everybody said it's going to be significantly cheaper than competitors and competitors is kind of a code note for Sonos because right. nobody really else is in that area mm -hmm. uh, and then one guy even said it's going to be half Sonos because of wow, this. that would be huge. That is that is very big. And Sonos already brought their prices down. They started selling the $200 speakers. But this would mean that you have a Wi-Fi connected $100 speaker. Mm -hmm. So you can easily get two if you want to have stereo or you can get one for each room in your house or something and you don't have to break the bank. Before, when you really wanted to have a multi-zone Sonos setup, it was expensive, easily over $1,000. Mm -hmm. And this becomes now much more affordable and it works with Google Cast. People who spent only $35 for Chromecast, the reason that Chromecast was so successful, or one of the reasons, right, the cheap price, now can get the same experience with speakers that are just going to be a little bit more expensive, but still very affordable. Nice. Very nice. So, I would, that I would consider. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very tempted by it as well. So I might uh, upgrade my system, mm -hmm. change up my system, because I already use casting for all kinds of other things. Um, Speaking of Chromecast, there was, uh, or actually at the show, I don't know if they're here actually, we had another press event tonight, um, but there is another company called Matchstick that we talked about a little bit in the past mm -hmm. that does a Chromecast competitor, but it's based on Firefox OS, and it does kind of the same kind of interaction model, you start uh, playback on your phone or even your laptop, and then it starts on the device, it's a streaming stick. They haven't actually officially sold it yet. There was a Kickstarter last year and they're gonna ship it next month, I guess. But they also made an announcement at this show and they are going to uh, supply their their technology to uh, TV manufacturers. So TUCL, which is a big Chinese manufacturer, mm -hmm. is going to make some and then I think one of the brands that uses the, or one of the companies that uses the Philips brand. Philips is a little bit of a confusing company these days right. because in different territories they're manufactured and sold by different uh, uh, manufacturers. But so one of them actually uh, now also signed on to Matchstick or to their new protocol which is called Flint for whatever reason. Oh, I guess because Matchstick is Flint. It's like a fire metaphor. But in any case, so that's one more Chromecast competitor out there. So it's, it's starting to get interesting in this space, and, which is not only multi-screen, but it's also like really web-based apps and utilities so that kind of ties back into Chrome, the, the idea behind Chrome, uh, the Chrome universe. You know. There is also the, um, the Seagate personal drives that work with Chromecast now. Oh, that's right. There was the Seagate personal drives, which is a, a, a slimmed down and easier NAS in a way. Right. Because network-attached storage trucks have been around for a long time, but in general they, they cost quite a lot of money and 
especially when you when you want to do more than just backup data when you want to run a server on it or something actually play content on different devices you have to spend quite a lot of money and Seagate is now doing a personal uh, my cloud drive or something like that and they start to sell for $170 and I think you wrote it up actually this uh, mm -hmm. on Sunday um, that they not only have apps for Roku and all kinds of smart TVs but they actually work with Chromecast as well yeah, and uh, I mean, it works with a lot of different devices, not just the Chromecast, as you said. These are like three, four, five terabyte drives that um, basically you wirelessly connect to your home network. I think they, I, I checked them out yesterday. They also have an Ethernet port if you they want do. to, but they also have Wi-Fi if you, if you want to just put them somewhere where you don't have, if you don't want to put them right next to your router. And there's also an app from Seagate to make that that work, you know, to get your content to the Chromecast or whichever device you can stream to. So you can back up from all kinds of mobile devices, desktop devices, but you can also then cast easily uh, to, to your Chromecast. And presumably, maybe in the future also to your connected speaker, who knows? I don't know. Anything else Chromecasty? Um, I have to think. I think that was, that was probably about it. Um, people are definitely talking about it at the show here quite a bit, but I think I haven't seen all devices yet. Um, I saw this, this one lineup of speakers, I haven't seen others yet. Uh, I think there was, oh, I actually, um, there was a f bunch of Android TV, and we're getting, it's getting more it's and more really tangential. Yeah. It's getting louder and louder here, but it's also not really a Chrome topic anymore, except Android TVs also support casting. And so now there's a bunch of Android TVs here, Sony makes uh, TVs that have this as the main smart TV operating system integrated and uh, a bunch of other manufacturers. And Razer announced the game console today. It's like a $99 game console. It also supports casting. Um, so that's pretty much it from the Chromecast front. And I guess that was, that's almost uh, it for us as well. I, I think, well, we wish we had an app or extension that would make our week easier. Oh, I forgot about that, didn't I? <laughs> I you know what? I'm letting the team down. I completely forgot. No, I think that's completely fine. We, we have yeah, we've we have our hands full here. We have very long days. We run yeah. from events to events. And uh, I, I shouldn't have teased you about this. You did, no, no, <laughs> I, I shouldn't deserve. have brought it Good up. for you. You got me. You got uh, me. I'll, I'll pick two next, next time. Too, exactly. <laughs> okay. I was say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's it from us from CES. We're gonna keep scouring the show a little bit to see if there's any other Chrome tidbits or anything that's sort of related to this. And next week we're gonna do a regular show again and, and report back on that. And then I guess you're gonna hear more and more news from us in February, I, if Kevin is right. I think February. Yeah, I think so. We'll see. But thanks everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.